podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I sell blue Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair with three guests at the moment in the studio. We may have another one popping in. Who knows? That'll be exciting. Uh, starting with Stephen Allwise, a view from a blue. Good evening, there. That was a great start. Good it evening, wasn't. Nigel. A professional to the end, Stephen. <laughs> but you're better with the written word, I think, aren't you, rather than the spoken word? That's how it works with let's, you. Let's hope that doesn't carry on for the rest of this half hour. <laughs> uh, and if you're a music fan, sort of Man City and music, there's only one band to talk about. Swing out, brother. It's not strictly true, Nigel, but I applaud you for the sentiment. <laughs> but it's nice to have you back on the show. Thank you. Lots, of, you, lots would disagree. You've <laughs> sort of snuck away from the studio just to come and join us for this half we hour We have, slot. yes. Yeah. Doing lots of good stuff, I'm sure. We look forward to hearing the wonderful music you make. Oh, what a sweet man you are. Uh, and finally, last but not least, we've got the wonderful, the gorgeous Paul Denby. Is that it? That's how I get introduced to you. Well, excuse me. These guys do something. Yeah? I do we've nothing. Got, we've I get got, it. I get it. I do nothing, but I'm here. We've so. got probably the greatest city blog and probably one of the finest musicians this country's ever produced in the, in the studio. And you. What it, <laughs> so go on, tell us what you've done. Go on, give, give us, you've got two minutes now to tell us what it is, why you can even sit in the same studio as A View From A Blue and Swing Out Sisters Andy Connell. Come on, if you, if you here's your up, chance. Uh, all right. Give me two minutes. Two minutes isn't enough, actually, but I'll try and abbreviate it. My statistical knowledge of Manchester City is pretty in-depth from 1960s on to now. Few can beat me. That'll do me for the moment. Okay, fine. So, Stato, I'll start again then. So we've got A View from a Blue, Stephen Allwise. We've got the amazing musical genius of Andy Connell. better every time. Yeah, and we've got Stato, Paul Denby. Uh, so, listen, another away game, another two points dropped. We've picked up seven points out of the last 24 away from home. Stephen, kick us off, please, with our away form. Not great. This, in a sense, I, I think it's similar to the point at Leicester, the nil-nil, where if you take it in isolation... It's not, it's not a bad point. West Ham have a good record this season against the big teams. Leicester were flying high and still are. So to get a draw away from home, it, it's not the end of the world. The problem is if, if it's part of a longer malaise, as we've seen over the last three months. We haven't won consecutive Premier League games since October. That's appalling. It really is. And the fact that we're still in the title race owes more to other sides underperforming than it does our own good form. Oh, that's the point, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's a weird season, isn't it, this year? You know, you, at the end of the weekend, it, it's actually not that bad. We're still there. We're still in with a shout for four trophies. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, it, it is ridiculous, but we are there. Three points behind Leicester. Who, who knows what's going to happen with them? And at the end of the day, we are not playing well. You look at the team on Saturday, and a number of players just did not perform as well as they should be doing. But we're three points behind, so what the hell? Just give it a go. We've got 15 games to go, 45 points, as Manuel Pellegrini would say, to play for. Get as many as we can, and we'll win the league. But it's, the form isn't there. We're not seeing it at the moment. That's, that's a problem. And let, let's start blaming people then, Andy. So who, who do you blame for oh, this? Come on. for that. Now. Yeah, come on. Cheers. Yeah, come on. I, I don't think it's about blame. And I, I think you have to look at it. I, I read the report, and it said, oh, Aguero papered over the cracks. You know, the brilliance of Aguero paper, which, which in one sense is true, but at the same time, we've had various other people paper over various cracks. You know, De Bruyne's papered over some, Silva's papered over some, Yaya's papered We've got players who can paper over cracks. I agree with you. I think it's consistency is the thing. It's, um, but you look at that game, and you could say he didn't 
tactically was it the right way you know there's the, always the question of is Yaya going to play in, a def- in the two he, he, he really me, is Yaya going to play at all I mean you know well that's a bigger question but I think if you you know the one for me in all of it I was astonished and I hate to, I can't believe I'm going to say it but say it go Silver, on Silver David Silver Mm-hmm. I'd hate to see his pass completion stats on that game seriously because every single thing part of me is horrified just hearing me say the words no but, but, I, you're I, I thought, but you're not wrong you know you're not wrong D- David Silva but we we know and we've said for a while he is our best player he's yeah. our most important player and if he plays well City play well mm. so it's no coincidence that he's been out injured for much of the season then he's taken a long time to to regain his form that we've struggled and we don't look very cohesive going forward but you know we pay Aguero a lot of money and we pay Yaya a lot of money and De Bruyne a lot of money to produce those moments and I think a lot of the recent results have papered over the cracks Yaya scoring a brilliant goal against Watford and then Aguero's header papered over the fact that we were rubbish and we can't defend and Mm. we're getting overpowered in midfield but you have to keep thinking at some point if we start to click going forward then we'll be fine but we've, we've said all season and we, we still haven't clicked I mean, I'm, I'm just not sure where to start here because there are so many issues here that, that we can talk about and, and you know so let's start in midfield then Let, let's do that because, because we've talked over the last few weeks about Yaya and, and I think we have to start with him uh, at the end of the game I was talking to a City legend who will remain nameless because he probably shouldn't have said what he said but the first thing I said to him was give me your one minute assessment of that game this is in the boardroom at, uh, at uh, Upton Park the bowling ground of course just name dropping for a second <laughs> and he said to me you can't win games like that with 10 men and I mm. looked at him I said yeah yeah and he, and he nodded you know so you know from his point of view someone who's a city legend and, you know, he was there saying you know yeah we can't play with 10 men and he was singling out yeah yeah well, it's, it's, it's obvious though I mean all those fans can see it When the team was announced on Saturday And you see Yaya in a two-man defensive midfield You think, no, it's not going to work So why doesn't Pellegrini see that? What is the issue that all those fans Or 99% of us can see exactly the same thing Yaya cannot play 90 minutes in a midfield two Particularly away from home Where we're under a bit more pressure And a bit more running is required He can't do it, his legs aren't there He's an impact sub at best Playing in some of the home games, perhaps against perhaps the weaker teams, but he's not there. He can't do what he's played to do at the moment. So, the other disappointment, if I can just move on as well, away from home this season, in the last few away games, De Bruyne. He doesn't really do it away at the moment. I'm a bit disappointed. Uh, I've seen quite a number of the away games. West Ham on Saturday, the whole midfield except Delph, I thought Delph had a decent game, just didn't do it for me. Yeah, but, but no, apart from Aguero, no one really did it. You, wanted, you would have come back in, Stephen, on the, uh, on the Yaya comment. But just on Yaya, I thought Alex Song was outstanding. I thought he was man of the match by a distance. He was big and physical and imposing and broke up play and, and kept the ball and, and was the fulcrum for all of their play. But there's no way that the IR of a couple of years ago would have allowed himself to be dominated to such an extent. Physically, he just, I don't think he's capable of matching these players who are five years younger and stronger and quicker. And his passing was poor, which is normally the thing you rely on. And without Fernandinho, who is forced to sit deeper, even though I'm sure he'd like to bomb forward. Delph did bomb forward and he's box to box, genuinely box to box. So Yaya had to sit deeper and he doesn't protect the defence. We know that. And Otamendi looked vulnerable for it. Demichelis, I thought, was the better of our two centre-backs. <laughs> and he started the season as, as our fourth choice. It's, it's just... 
poor all round. Just before we move on from Yaya, Andy, because I mean, he's been. If you had, I love up, it. you know, honestly, exactly. The, the, the thing that we all we all struggle with is that yes, we all know the shortcomings. But that I've never. There's something about him and his pump when he when we're in control of the game. When he's standing on the centre circle and he's deciding where the ball should go. Nobody is better than that. I mean, it's Perlo. It's all of that. It's it's just controlling the game. You know, the word, the passes that he makes. Unfortunately, it's a luxury with the league the way it is now and the way people know how to play against us they, they know that and, and would you drop him would you, would you sort of say he's, we're going to have to I'm not going to say that I've already said something about Silver I'm not going to say <laughs> I'm just not going <laughs> to yes yeah, I would yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not Yaya's fault that it's he's not, selected no. in that position in a two-man midfield when you have Fernandinho and Fernando on the bench exactly it's, it's crazy and the worst thing about it to me is if you were if you were playing with ten men you would adjust to the fact that you had 10 men and there would be a space there that somebody would know they had to cover. The problem is, if you have 11 and one of them and you're carrying one defensively, the other defenders think that position's covered as opposed to thinking, well, there's a gap there. Mm. They think, oh, that, there's no way that gets through. You saw it the first goal. Everybody thought, well, that's, he can't get through there because we thought there was a guy who would take care of it who didn't take care of it whereas if if we only had 10 men we'd probably we'd play a different way we'd be better (laughs) I don't know what you do that's an approach maybe 10 men against Everton I I agree with you totally I think it it well maybe what we should do when he decides he wants to play I always remember do you remember the Tottenham game uh, when we were getting thrashed and Joey Barton got sent off in the tunnel at half time and we played with 10 and we won 4-3 little Sean's finest hour I remember after that, we were sitting in the pub thinking, you know what we should do? We should just play with... Te- we should, even if we were obliged to play with 11, stand one on a corner flag, or our corner flag, and we'll, be, we'll play with that kind of gung-ho spirit and whatever. Now, what we should do with Yaya is stand him in our corner flag until he decides, can we activate the Yaya with 10 minutes to go? So what we do... So, so before, let's just play this out. So, so before the game, you kind of... It's his choice, obviously. It's Yaya. So, you know, you yeah. have to say to him... Do so you do fancy you, it do you today? Fancy yeah. it so, so, so he would kind of... He would then decide and say, well, so let's... If he plays, he plays, right? But let's say he doesn't. So where would we stand him? Would you... Corner flag? Our corner flag. Halfway line. Halfway yeah. line. Although then we wouldn't side. be able to play our offside. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Halfway line then. Okay. Halfway line. So he's on the halfway line and he stays there. Doesn't yeah. matter left or right. Until he thinks right and then he'd have to make sort of like a signal wouldn't he and then he would sort of come into play and then and he would do the great things that he does but but equally we wouldn't have the problem of thinking he was doing something defensively that he's not doing play with I get it so we play with 10 men like we did against Spurs on that amazing fourth brilliant strategy I can I look around the room and you're all believing this (laughs) Stephen you look less impressed I have to say well I just think if you're an opposition midfielder (laughs) these days and you've got a choice do you want to play against Delph or Yaya or Fernandinho Fernandinho. or Yaya if you played against Delph and Fernandinho you'd never get a second's rest they'd be constantly biting at you Mm. and not in the way that Suarez would Yaya look he wants to play further forward the question then is is he better than Silva is he better than De Bruyne in that role behind the striker and I'm, I'm not sure he is but you want to have him in the team because you know he's capable yeah. on his day of, of botting the game or, or producing something from nothing. See, I come to the position. I think you know. I think he's too much of a risk now. I mean, that first goal was of you know, and the rest of the eighty-nine minutes as well. To be fair, but a lot of the time you can put him in there. If we're at home to a side in the bottom half of the table, you don't need mm. two holding midfielders. Sure. You can play Yaya and one other, include an extra attacker, and you're fine. But we've known for such a long time, away from home or against a better team where they're going to actually have a go at us, 
he's, you can't play him. Let's go back to the defence. And we've always talked about Otamendi and, and Dimichelis, and, and we've all got different views. Neither of them were particularly good on, on Saturday, that's for sure. But, but actually, you know, Sanya and Clichy weren't much better either, were they, at the, at the weekend? I thought I just thought the whole team looked weak. Uh, mm. It was as if they'd got off the bus and thought, oh, 5.30 kick-off, don't lie that. It's a bit late for me. She'll be in Betty Bice by now. They just looked half asleep, particularly in that first minute. We, we kicked off, and mm. 55 <laughs> seconds into the game, we're 1-0 down. I mean, it's, I think it's pathetic. had already given the ball away three times. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it just summed it up. And one of the things that summed up City, as sort of a microcosm of it, was when Sterling came on, you know, about 75 minutes, whatever it was, he didn't do anything. He got knocked off the ball about three times, lost the ball another three times, and just didn't get into it. So, what, you know, you, you look at that team, you think, we've got to be doing better than that. And I tend to be doing this over the last few weeks now. We, move, we suddenly, after a few minutes, we, we move into, please come up with something positive. And we, okay, mm. we've done Aguero, who appears to Heart. look but, you know, back to his best. Um, the heart save was, was oh, a bit special. Just magnificent, wasn't it? Was. You could watch that over and over. It's an amazing save, I think. Yeah. I mean, I that's a goal. In, if for, for any other team in the league, that's a goal. You're already, that's two nil then so any other positives hearts goal any other positives uh, I, I like the kit I like the away kit <laughs> no I well, do uh, the, the continuing we have a better kit than them sorry draws clutching okay I think Aguero the continuing presence of Aguero is good every game he plays it just gets some of the stuff he was doing I thought not, not particularly the stuff that was remarked upon but just his movement and just his he was alive to it in a way that takes him four or five games and he just seemed to be if he stays fit you know it's one of those things I was talking to someone you know if, if Aguero stays fit we'll win the league if he doesn't stay fit you know we've got one one and a half strikers really but his moment when he hit the post in the first half that was genius Aguero was long ball yeah. over the top which he's made into something mm. brought the ball down brilliantly seen the keeper off his line lifted it over him and it's very unlucky it was similar didn't, didn't hit the target <laughs> it was similar in many ways to his goal against Liverpool mm. a couple of years ago I think when he rounded Pepe Reina mm. look Aguero takes chances and yeah. I thought actually I'm going to you were asking for positives I'm going to yes. praise someone who I wasn't cold to but a bit indifferent to a month or so ago and that's Kelechi mm. who there's been so much talk of him of the new golden striker look at the minutes per goal when actually he's probably played less than 150 minutes of Premier League action but I was at Norwich and he looked really bright yeah. and he looked bright again at the weekend and it's the relationship he has with Aguero with defenders crowding round him which is obviously going to happen it freed Kelechi up and he found mm. space where everyone else had previously been a bit cluttered I was surprised because I actually looked what time he came on and it, and it felt so he was on for quite a while he had quite an impact on the, he came mm. in he came on in the 76th minute but actually the impact he had on the game I thought was significant it was I mean playing two up front at that stage was necessary because we needed to go for it and he takes defenders away and leaves Aguero a little bit more space because what happened for the goal that Aguero scored the equaliser he came through he lost the ball a little bit but they created the space and their defender pushed it back into Aguero's path and Aguero does what Aguero can mm. do but Calici creates a little bit of extra space for Aguero and I think that's very important and I don't think it's just Aguero I think he's a lot more alive to the way the rest of the players are playing the game than say Bonnie not, not to be hard on Bonnie but I, I think it's uh, He's a, he's a centre forward who wants the ball in a particular place whereas I think Kalachi he's, he's much more in tune with what people are trying to do around him you know the, the clever players he's natural he's got yeah. something he's, he's got to a, it. a vision yeah. but I think just on Bonnie when Aguero scored his header against Norwich to win the game against Watford sorry that came about because Bonnie was in the box mm. and defenders are drawn towards him and it leaves more space mm. yeah. so much of what we do is 
give it to Aguero hope he can wriggle past magic. four defenders yeah. you know if he does it once a game great but more often than not he'll get crowded out mm. so are we asking for 4-4-2 four, four, because that's I what think that's set. a valid question in certain situations so I, I agree yeah. certain games and maybe away at West Ham you don't start 4-4-2 four, four, but you switch it because you're mm. losing Everton at home I know we'll, we'll probably talk about it in due course and so maybe I shouldn't raise it just now but you uh, can excuse me Stato you can raise anything you like okay 4-4-2 four, four, Everton Wednesday night got to go for it haven't we to remind everyone, the issue with 4-4-2 originally stemmed from when he plays it in the Champions League against Bayern Munich mm. or Barcelona and he has two strikers who don't work back and we're all over the place. Mm. To remind people. Sorry to interrupt you, Nigel. No, no, it's all right. You, you're, you're welcome. Uh, you we, can we, carry on now. Thank you very much. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. No, we're 2 1 down go. from the first leg. So uh, we do, whilst away goals do count double at 90 minutes, we, we, we no, need no. to. So sorry for correcting you. Stato here. Only count double at 100, uh, away goals at 120, 120 minutes. You're quite right. Apologies. Thank you. 120 minutes. Which, where did that come from? I, that, it's stupid. It's the most ridiculous <laughs> way of implementing <laughs> a rule. It is. Thank you, Stato. I knew you were here for a reason. That's it. <laughs> and that's can, it. Can I, can I go you, now? No, you, well, you can actually, if you like, yeah, because we'll leave it to these two. They just do that to introduce a talking point. Exactly. And you can only presume it can be that because it makes no sense at all. Why do they do that? And you'll know. I know you'll know because you're very smart. Stephen Allwise, a view from a blue, you know everything. Why Except on earth? Except that. <laughs> <laughs> it can only be to avoid penalties. That's the only thing it avoids, so. isn't it? it uh, yeah. Unless it's 2 well, one avoid to that? After all that time, you might as well have oh, That's <laughs> what I can think of. But he's... If he is going to go two up front against Everton, Aguero plays. Bonnie probably isn't going to be fit. No. So he's got Kelechi as an option, or he's got Sterling, which is what he's done in the past, and, and play him in a more central role, even though he's not necessarily out and out. I'd be tempted to throw Kelechi in. Yeah, yeah so would I. Mm-hmm. I think well, he Sterling's did, at Norwich, a weird he did one. in Norwich, didn't he, of course? So that's, you know, you did prefer him at like different circumstances. Don't you it? find Sterling to be. A, I mean, he started so well, and at the, all of the. All of the things I saw in the early games he was linking up with Kolarov he was linking up with De Bruyne when De Bruyne came in there was an understanding he, he was very quick to make understandings with people and it seems like now he's operating on his own and he's just getting shrugged off the ball most the, the only thing I want is for people not to say he's young I didn't say that I, I'm so pleased you didn't because the number of times on this show oh he's, he's, he's young but he's, he's only, only 21 oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly would, would you play? What would so give us your side then for, for Everton? As Stato's raised this issue earlier on than I well, would like, but we're going with it, Stato. It's so fine. Caballero will play. We've In- seen that. I think there's an argument for playing Zabaleta because he's more effective going forward than Sanya. Even though Sanya's had a great season, two centre backs pick themselves. Clichy picks himself. I'd play Fernandinho and Delph in midfield. Give you that energy, Norwich, yep. dynamism. Yep. I think Silva and De Bruyne at home, you have to have faith that they will produce the goods. And Aguero and Kelechi. Yep. And it gives you the option of Yaya for the last half impact hour. Sub. Navas yeah. as an impact mm. sub as well. Yep. Or Sterling. Sterling. Mm. Yep. So basically team. what we're saying is we've got a team of impact subs now. <laughs> <laughs> so we start with 10 men, right? Yaya on halfway. two or three, they can just wander on as they feel like it. I, I think we should call it tag, tag football, you yeah. see, yeah? A bit like tag wrestling. We just sort of tap them and on they come. We can have all those impact subs going on. Uh, can I mention the manager then as well? Because again, it's a few weeks since we've done that and I know you don't want to talk about it, but a lot of the press are saying that it's a done deal and therefore one of the reasons, you know, it's not nothing about Yaya, 
are. You know, it's nothing about how uh, immobile our back four are. It's nothing about the Aguero fitness. It's just that they don't want to play for the manager anymore. They know he's going. Pep's on his way, uh, and they're just you know they're not playing for the manager. Do you do you, do you buy that, Stato? I, I find it very very difficult to believe that because these are top paid professionals who would want to win every trophy they play in. They respect the manager, I think they do, but I, I think there's something lacking there in his communication to them. Something's not quite right. Whether it's because he is going in three, four months' time, I don't know, but there is something not quite right. His tactical decisions sometimes are fantastic. Quite a lot of the time you, you think, why has he done that? So mm. I think they want to play for him, but something's not quite right, and I don't know what it is. You've got I like- don't honestly think that Otamendi, for example, for the second goal decided I'll just get on the wrong side of the guy and look <laughs> awkward just to piss the manager off <laughs> I don't think that's part but that but you know the thing is it's not that you don't play for the manager it's like it's like anything you do in your, in your work if you if a new guy comes in there's there's a incentive there's a more of an incentive it's not that you didn't play for the other guy it's just right I'll really deliver now and that maybe that's missing you know that first excitement of a new situation. I know you're not excited by this conversation Steve no I, I was just going to say they'll know that Guardiola is probably watching all of these games Mm. Guardiola is not going to come in in August if he turns out to be our manager and not not having watched mm. the previous season not having assessed some of the players so when you've got someone who's on the fringes of the first team they'll want to be making their mark they'll want mm. to, to show the new manager actually they're worth keeping Can I go back to uh, Leicester which was mentioned before as well and just because we for weeks and weeks we've been saying yeah they'll finish sixth you know they'll finish seventh you know they might oh they will but when's it going to stop so what's going to happen because we keep saying this but they're top of the league and they won again at the weekend and we didn't and it's like you know when's it going to stop they're rolling the dice I think a lot and I think I, I was kind of disappointed with the way they played us at home I, I thought, you know, come on, you're top of the league, show us something then. And they showed us that they were, you know, the same team that we play every week, you know, that one that is cagey and have a go. And they got lucky. That wasn't, you know, I love the idea of them being around there, but I, I agree with I agree with Stephen. It's, it's not going to, every week that goes by, we, it looks more and more likely. But I think it, it, the weird thing about them is, have you seen the stats of... of Pass completion and well, Stato will have done. I don't know. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're like second from basically they're having a go. It's, it's Russian roulette. They just have a, and it's working for them. But there will come a point when it doesn't work for them. Sadly, I know Paul. You got a view on Leicester. Well, we say they're not going to win the league, and they probably won't. I don't think they'll finish a lower six or seventh. I think they'll be up there. I think the thing that they've got going for them now is they've only got 15 games to go, whereas the rest of us have all got uh, League True. Cup, yeah. FA Cup, European matches as appropriate. So we've all got 20-odd games to go, potentially. Tottenham, Arsenal, City. And if they keep their players fit, the Vardis and, the, and, and Mares, etc., they will be there or thereabouts. I think the big game, they, they play us in a couple of weeks... Uh, uh, Saturday the 6th Mm. Saturday the 6th thank you for that Stato Um, and then they've got Liverpool as well at a similar sort of time so Mm. those those games are really going to start telling whether they are really up for it and whether they're going to last the course I think they'll be there or thereabouts I don't think they'll win it but they'll be not far away the longer it goes on though we're still having this debate of they're going to drop down the league where are they going to finish well the longer it goes on they're going to be favourites and that's mm. a completely different type of pressure for them to deal with mm. rather than plucky underdog who who are on a great streak yeah. to actually lead the table with 10 games to go I think they've now got 10 point difference, points difference between them and 5th place or 11 with goal difference for them I think it'd be a disappointment now to finish outside of the Champions League places 
I think they will finish in the the four. And I I also think, as a wild shout, Ranieri will probably be sacked (laughs) by November next season when they're 10th and everyone's suddenly disappointed. Yeah. Because they've got too many games to play and not a good enough squad. Yeah. And talking of sacking managers, is Van Gaal the next one to go at Stratford then, in your view? Hopefully not. He's doing a great job. Yeah, yeah keep, we need him, him there. there. We need him in place. Keep him there all season. <laughs> Van Gaal season. Well, Mourinho, from what we read, Mourinho's desperate for it. But they've turned him down in the past because of his personality. Well, he, he'd be their best bet to get them in the top four and, and to get them back up the league within a couple of years. But he would also bring all the off-field issues that we've seen throughout his career. Can't see that happening, can you, Andy? Or can, Mourinho. Or can you? Yeah. Can I think the more desperate they get, the more it, it could happen, because they need success. And and I, I agree, it's he will bring you success, although it will be toxic. You know, he does deliver for for, for one or two seasons at least. He does deliver, doesn't he? So in Manchester, you're going to have Pep, and just outside in in the borough of Trafford in in Stratford, you're going to have. Uh, What's he called, Mourinho? That, that could make interesting reading in the press next season. Yeah, it'll be good press, but I don't really care what Stratford do, to be quite honest. As long as they finish below us, don't give a shit. Marvellous. <laughs> That's why he comes on the show. <laughs> so let's talk about Everton then, and we've talked about the lineup and so on, but in terms of predictions and thoughts then for Wednesday night, I think we're all going up there pretty much. What are, you, what, what are your thoughts? Well, we've got to give them a thrashing. I mean, we play them every Wednesday now, it seems. So, you know, <laughs> let's just give them a thrashing. <laughs> It'd be nice to finish January, the January of Everton Wednesdays with a, you know, a, good, a good sound. No, it's Sheffield Wednesday, isn't it? When, no, Wednesday nights we're playing. <laughs> oh, I see. Everton Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, try and keep up your own if you can. It's been a long day. <laughs> in a sense, they're the opposite to us in that they always seem to look quite good when they play, always create lots of chances, but don't get the results. Mm. And there's pressure building on Martinez. They've won, I think, six out of 22, 23 games in the Premier League, which for their squad, and they've got a lot of attacking players, isn't, isn't good enough. We're playing them at a good time, I suppose you could argue, couldn't you? Yeah, they've got a couple of players got injured yesterday. So um, Bexic's out and um, Morales is out as well. So we've got a decent chance. It's going to be one of those, it's going to be a really tight game. They're going to sit and defend probably because they, they know that they'll put more pressure on us and the fans will start getting a little bit agitated if it's still nil-nil after 60 minutes. We've got to be patient. But, but then we'll what? activate the yah yeah of yeah. 75. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Nil-nil. <laughs> that's, if it, that's if he wants to play. Yeah, yeah, you can't he, force him. Come on. Nil-nil. It'll be his decision. Minutes. <laughs> Hat-trick from Yaya. So you're going for, let's be serious for a second. So are we going to scrape it? Is it it's clearly going to be tight? I wouldn't be surprised if it's extra time on Wednesday night. I wouldn't be surprised. Because penalties don't come in. Only at 2-1 penalties. If City win 2-1, then it's penalties. That's the only time. Exactly. After extra time. Oh, I tend to agree. I think it will be, I think it will be a good game because Everton know if they score, then that puts them in a very strong position. I think it will finish 2-1 in 90 minutes and then we'll nick it in extra time oh, the tension you're going to give us a prediction I think we'll win by two clear goals maybe 3-1 three, can you three, imagine one. the tension in extra time 3-1 up when they've got an attacking last minute knowing that if they score they go through an away goals then <laughs> they could make it I don't think I'll be able to cope either let's just look at the league very finally then before, before we go and, and before we do uh, our brand new uh, iPhone app has been updated and is absolutely free at the iTunes store it's a thing of beauty with all your shows there videos, news etc download it and leave us a nice review and all the links to our Facebook page Twitter and details of our fantastic phone apps are at citypodcast.net and join our Facebook page 
page and of course on Twitter as well which is at City Podcast so let's just look forward to um, the next few games after Everton on Wednesday we've got uh, we've got a couple of uh, relegation battles not for us of course but for Villa um, next Saturday away and then Sunderland away on, on the Tuesday night so, so two teams struggling at the, at the foot of the table and you just have to be dismissive as, as bad as that sounds I think we, if we don't win you know who are we kidding we, we, we have to steamroll them well Villa's, Villa's the cup game so it's clearly something we've won to stay in the cup we've just got to go and beat them because we don't mm. want to replay we can't afford a replay because we don't need the game so do what we did to Norwich in the FA Cup and go and beat them 2-0 I'll take 1-0 well, Two that, is the classic score, yeah. though. Well, they they were quite good against us, Villa, in their first yeah. game under guard. Yeah. Sort of looked quite resilient and committed, and been garbage ever since. We we know that one of Lescott's Lescott Richards or Sinclair will score the winner. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe for us, though. <laughs> um, United, it'd be wonderful if Delph scored. Yeah, the stick that they give him. True. Yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine where you'd rather be battling it out in a relegation fight or or representing City in the Champions League. Mm. Let me just think about that for a minute. Yeah. No, I think I know. I think I know which one. Um, and then finally, I'm leaving kind of the Leicester fixture, which you know, a couple of weeks on, as I said before, sixth of February, there'll be a couple of more league games taking place. Well, if they've won those and, and we're still up there with it, it makes it a very very interesting fixture, that doesn't it? And who would have thought, eh? <laughs> When well, the, fi- when the fixture list came out, that we'd be talking about this fine fixture at Leicester on the uh, yeah exactly. The, oh, sorry, yeah. we're home to Leicester. Nobody on the anticipated six. that, but I, I think it's you know we're exactly where we want to be. We, we don't want to be running away. We want to be on the shoulder of the front person. You know, it's athletics. It's the fifteen hundred meters. You don't you don't go yet. We're just staying three points behind. It's fine, and we'll, those are the three points we get from them. So, looking forward to the Leicester game. Yeah, I I agree with Andy in that they were quite disappointing against us at, at their place quite defensive when at the time we were vulnerable and they were on fire but they settled for a point I imagine they'll settle for a point again and, and it's up to us to try and break them down and I'll leave the final word with my favourite guest <laughs> on the show this week and I now realise why we have you here you've been an amazing guest as you always are Paul Denby finish us off then with the Leicester fixture please well we've got two league games coming up Sunderland is midweek before the Leicester game so if we beat Sunderland and beat Leicester we're top of the league on that note, huge thanks to Paul Denby, the most amazing stato on the on the planet. And of course, View from a Blue, Stephen Allwise, and Swing Out Brother, Andy Connell. This thanks is Nigel This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network.